Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Tuesday morning, we'd love to let you hear from all the college football coaches. Sure, we could talk a little NFL if you want, but that game was a snoozer last night. Washington is bad. 31-15, it wasn't that close. Didn't feel like it. Bears got three quick scores, and then it was just get it over with. So we'll move on to the college game. Gary Anderson, Kalani Sataki, Kyle Whittingham. We're going to hear from all the coaches this morning, and we start with Gary Anderson on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gary, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Doing all right. How are you feeling this morning? Got a conference win uh, under your belt? Yeah, it's uh, got a good win, no doubt about it, and uh, moving on to Colorado State here, which will another challenge is amongst us. So we we're, uh, we're doing good. Got in at uh, 6.30 in the morning, so that was perfect. So on uh, Sunday morning, so I had a long travel back, but uh, we got back here eventually. So away we go. Did you have to connect through Albuquerque? What the heck was going on? 6.30? I'm used to hearing uh, about like 3.30. We, we had to drive to somewhere because you can't fly out of San Diego. So we had to drive somewhere in California and then uh, mm-hmm. wait for the charter. And somebody forgot to wake up the uh, the pilots and the crew. So they were sleeping while we sat on the tarmac. And then we waited for them. And I can go on and on. It was a, it was a debacle. So, But at the end of the day, our kids handled it well like they always do. And uh, the travel was a mess. But that's part of college football sometimes. But uh, we got back here and... They got a good sleep yesterday, and they'll walk back in here at 145 and be ready to roll. Rich people in Point Loma don't want you flying out at night. That's the bottom line to that. Yeah, I'd hate to. Yeah, don't, you don't want to interrupt their their uh, their their sleep. So, so when you win like that, uh, how long do you wait until you start preparing? Because you obviously had some dead time. Do you just celebrate in the moment, or do you jump on CSU? Oh no, you definitely. We we enjoyed the. The flight back, and quite frankly, the travel back, and uh, you know, some coaches opt to grade their their tape after the game on the plane or what have you. But uh, we uh, we enjoy those victories; they're hard to get, um, and we'll never forget that. And tell those kids to uh, enjoy those moments. Um, they'll walk back in here today at 1:45 and, um, and and be ready to move on to CSU. And I'm sure a lot of them will be here watching film. Coaches switched gears yesterday. We were back in here around one or two o'clock and started the day. Were you surprised how much you were able to lock up San Diego State for long stretches in that game offensively? We were joking about you know trying to make teams one-dimensional, and they kind of make themselves one-dimensional. Did you know it was going to go that way? Oh, uh, I don't know. You know, I think they uh, they've continued to work to find themselves a little bit as far as getting the personnel on the field. And Coach Horton, I think, does a great job, the offensive coordinator, finding those guys in the run game. And the offensive line was uh, was a physical crew. Um, you know, I thought our, our safeties tackled extremely well, which gave us an opportunity to make some big plays. We went through there, and so there was uh, you know stretches that we played well. The first drive, they hit us with the run game a little bit. We were able to get out of it with the field goal, and you know overall, I thought the you know the defense was was solid. We gave up, we got some learning experiences to go, and the the big throwback that they got in the backside there for a touchdown, and the the the, the slant for the other touchdown to allow them to get back in the game. But it was a game where there's still you know, there's 30 plays on both sides. You make them here, you make them there. You have a chance to beat them by a couple touchdowns. Touchdowns. They made some plays and not be a couple touchdowns, and then it turned into a who's going to make a play to be able to win it. And we were fortunately be able to to, to make that play to win it. But that, yeah, it's college football, as we've learned. Uh, it can go either way at any moment. But uh, you know, the, the kids battled, and all three phases were involved, and all three phases can learn. And it's a great opportunity to learn when you have a game like that that uh, you win and you can learn. And uh, we will push those kids hard and coach them hard. When you get into conference play, there's all these games that go on each weekend, and then you know you look at the standings and you try to project and whatnot. How hard is it for the coaches to make sure the players don't get caught up in that? Because it seems like it's with Utah now; they're zero and one, and now they got to worry about what SC's doing, blah 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 blah, rather than just worry about Washington State and not get concerned about the other stuff because we're barely getting started here in conference play to not get too ahead of you, ahead of yourselves. Well, I think that's the big thing, and you just said it. There's there's a ton of football to play, and all you can do is control yourself and work like crazy to try to win those games every week. And uh, if it goes your way, that's awesome. If it doesn't, you you have to just simply again worry about yourself and and understand that yes, if you do drop a game in those settings and those situations, every time you do it, obviously makes it a little bit tougher to to reach that ultimate goal. But it, you would hope that a team would, would have that goal, but it wouldn't be their driving force of the week of, of that goal. Their driving force would be the team that they're competing against. And I think that's you know, the direction when you're dealing with young kids, 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. Uh, you know, it's, uh, 
we're fortunate to be a little bit mature because of the return missionaries in the state of Utah. I think kids can uh, have a little bit more of a mature team because of that, but the maturity of the team needs to help them get in week in and week out and understand the focus that it takes and the respect that you have to have for each individual team and each individual player that you're playing against. And that's easier said than done, but it's something that we discuss. But, uh, you know, hey, they're kids. you got to talk about it or don't pretend it's not, it's not out there. So you're playing CSU next, and CSU just lost to Toledo 41-35, and Toledo ran for 436 yards. Their star back, Brian Kobach, had 228 yards. What the heck happened to CSU's run defense, and you know, how do you think they'll adjust, and how can you try to exploit that? Well, that, that's, a, that's a good question, and we're right in the early spot of uh, evaluating that, and um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to see if we can get our kids out there running. I think we have some good backs and have some opportunities to do some things, but I haven't spent a bunch of time on that side of the ball watching that yet, so I know our offensive coaches obviously have, and we'll get a little report here in the next couple hours to kind of see where we're at and what we're thinking. I have watched them on offense, and uh, you know, they were, they're, they're scoring points. They got uh, big, tall, wide receivers. Just got another guy eligible this last week that made some big plays for them. That's uh, an SEC transfer, so they've got, uh, you know, I guess a weapon on the offensive side of the ball. The quarterback was injured, but the other quarterback that came in as a transfer from Nebraska, strong arm, spins the ball well, does some good things. So they're, uh, they, uh, they, they've taken a shot there at the quarterback position with the starter, but the, the guy that walked in there is, is very capable, and his numbers would show that after um, you know his first start in this last game. So uh, we'll have a work cut out for us as always. We'll break him down, develop a plan, and go out on Saturday and swing away. Would you say Warren is developing as your lead back? Uh, we need two of them, and I think Warren's Jalen has had some, um, you know, great opportunities, taking advantage of those opportunities. I think uh, G. Bright had some really nice runs in this last game, and some great job of protecting. You know, some of those things that you don't see from G. Bright is, uh, you know, the 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 big run hasn't been there for him. It will come. Um, the big catch hasn't been there for him. It'll come. But his ability to protect in this last game was uh, was really really good um, against an aggressive defense that obviously spins and dines and moves around a lot. And I have a ton of respect for that defense. It's not easy for a running back to pick up those pressures. Not really even pressures, but they're four guys coming, sometimes five guys coming, but they're coming in abnormal spots and they're designed to dis- to uh, disrupt the back and um, cause his reads to be different. And, and G. Bright was awesome in this game of picking it up. That's why you know we basically didn't get our quarterback sacked and not hit very often. And uh, in this game, he was a big part of it. But uh, we need both of those kids. And uh, so we are still definitely feel like we have two very, very good backs. Jalen is one and G. Bright's the other. So we put it out on Twitter. We we're going to have you on, ask for questions. And Daniel tweets at us. Uh, ask Gary, do you think that the Aggies deserve to be ranked? <laughs> do, I, do I think? I think, uh, well, I, well, let me say this. The team that beat us, I don't know, is Wake Forest ranked? I think they are, aren't they? I don't know. I don't know. They're undefeated, so they they, they should probably be ranked. But uh, uh, number one, I wouldn't not really worried about that. And hey, we've lost a game, and there's some teams that are undefeated, so those guys should be ranked uh, obviously in front of us. And I would hope that Wake Forest. I, I know they're four and zero now, so they should be. And uh, somebody else can make that decision on on the ranking part of it. But we got a long ways to go to put ourselves in a position to uh, just play the games that are in front of us, not worry about that other stuff. And we'll see where it all ends up uh, in January when we have that discussion. Wake Forest is 24th in the coaches poll and then one spot okay. out in the media poll. Okay. I'd say 26th, right. but PK would yell at me and I don't want that. <laughs> okay, is Arizona State ranked? No, they got beat by Colorado. Them. Oh, they, I didn't even know that. See, I don't know anything anymore. I just kind of stuck in my own little world up here in Cache Valley. So. I don't blame you. That's the way it should be. Hunker Did, down. Worry yeah. about that. Don't worry about that stuff. Doesn't matter anyway. Did you know? UC- no doubt. Did you know UCLA scored fifty points in the second half to beat Washington State? <laughs> I, I heard that on the bus. Now that that was not going to get out of the bus. So was it, it was like forty-seven to nineteen or something like that. It was that. forty-nine seventeen, and they rallied to win sixty-seven sixty-three. Yeah, I will. I will, I will love to uh, get a TV copy of that and watch it sometime in the off season for just for sheer entertainment value. <laughs> How about Mariner? Is he developing as your go-to receiver? Yeah, CLC is just playing fantastic. Um, and again, he's one of those guys. It's uh, you know. 
Savon's on the other side back there. Those inside guys are doing a great job. And the, the really good thing is he made some huge contested catches with great balls thrown to him from Jordan. But though I think there was four slants he caught in this game, and um, they were all big, big catches. Um, you know, Savon made some obviously some big plays on the the fade ball, and uh, you know we a lot of those again those receivers contributed. Um, it was good to see the tight ends continually stay involved and make the plays that they're making. But uh, C.O.C. in this game just made some huge plays to allow us to continue to keep drives alive. And um, and they were so, again, I go back to it and I repeat myself, but they were contested balls that were great balls and they were caught. And that's, a, that's just, to me, that kind of separates you from a good receiver to potentially being a great receiver. And I thought C.O.C. had a great game. So you took a lot of transfers, Gary, and some of them are really paying off here. What kind of, uh, like if you go back to like August 1st, how sure are you about how the transfers are going to perform and how much are you taking your best educated guess but really kind of figuring it out with the rest of us as the games unfold? Well, yeah, that's it's a, it's a great question and a great way to look at it you know we've said it many times we kind of went all in with that offensive line and said hey these guys are going to develop and they're going to be our guys where do we need the help to potentially get the transfers that number one are looking to transfer number two that fit us and fit our culture and fit cash valley and those are the guys we went out and looked at um and that's whether it's a jc guy or whether it's a four-year transfer guy um very very fortunate to look at coc and caleb and nick and and know them obviously from my time last year at utah so that was those three kids were an absolute just 100 percent no-brainer um and riley and talking to kalani and talking to eliza and talking to Roderick and all the people down there that i know um it was he was a great fit for us also um and then all four of those kids have, have been fantastic so it's it's going to be a part of who we are. It's something I believe in. I believe we've always believed in JC kids. Why wouldn't we believe in the transfer portal um, to go out and try to find the right kids? And it's worked very well with these young men that are in our program. And you know, some of them are contributing a little more than others on the field, which is awesome. But they're all contributing to this team in an extremely positive way. And uh, so, you know, is that is that fortunate? Is it good timing? Is it you know, to establish relationships? Yeah, it's it's all of the above. But the biggest thing is, I think those kids are are having a good time. Uh, I think their football experience is good. Um, I know their off-the-field experience has, has been great, and they're they're prideful to you know represent Utah State on and off the field. So, uh, but that transfer portal will continue to be a part of our program and something that we will look at strongly and we will recruit to, um, especially with the success of these guys uh, that they're having. People should want to come here um, if they're in the transfer portal and looking for an opportunity to compete and play. How much concern do you have about the would you call them fourth quarter struggles against Wake and San Diego State? Yeah, there's uh, always those things you sit back and you look at and you develop, and we need to be you know better in those situations and those scenarios. It was great for the defense to you know finally be able to finish the game and, and get it over with with the big sack back there and and move on. Um, it'd be nice to be able to finish that and not let those two big plays take place. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know you just you need one more score. Um, uh, we scored what three points in the second half. That's uh, it's not good. And and one of those touchdowns on offense was, um, or on the scoreboard was the defense. Um, so we we want more. We need more. We feel like we played against a very very good defense. And I think that offense will come out this week with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and with the opportunity to come back home and uh, you know show kind of what they're all about. But we need more in those settings. Uh, we got enough to get the win, and that's how that offense will look at it. They'll look at it as hey, we we found a way to get the win as a team, and that's the most important part of it. But uh, you know they're going to want to obviously score more points. Number one, get in the red zone and put touchdowns on the board. If just one of those drives is a touchdown instead of a field goal or a field goal attempt, it's not nearly as tight in the end. But uh, you know, however, if San Diego State gets another touchdown in the end zone down there, and when we stop them the one time on the fourth down and um, don't force them to kick two of the field goals, the game's completely different. And um, so we we need to be better uh, scoring in the fourth quarter. We need to be better uh, defensively in the fourth quarter. And that's uh, an emphasis that this football team will have to accept and understand as they go through this week. Gary, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us and uh, catch up on that sleep. I, I just blame Point Loma if I were you. <laughs> Hey, we can, we, we can sleep later, I suppose, but uh, it's, it's all good. I appreciate you guys' time, and hopefully everybody comes up for a good game this week up here. I don't know who else is playing in town, but uh, 530, Cash Valley, right here. Be ready to roll. All right, thanks, Go Gary. Aggies. There's Utah State coach Gary Anderson. When we come back, we'll hear from Kalani Sataki. Stay with us.
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We just heard from Gary Anderson. We're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham next. Talk about the Utah-Florida series. But first, Kalani Sitaki meeting with the media on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Let's get this going. What questions do you guys have for me? What did you learn looking back? Yeah, I, I think it a, a lot, confirmed a lot of things, but then also, um, you know, Washington's a good team, and uh, we didn't help ourselves with some of the mistakes that we made, but um, overall, uh, you know, we have to evaluate some more things and look at, at uh, uh, a few other, other issues that we can get corrected and, and get them done today. So looking forward to having our guys be at their best this weekend again, same approach. Um, uh, what we do as a strategy and all that stuff will all matter on, depending on what we see and what we think will give us the benefit and the advantage going into this game against Toledo. How do you find the balance, you, you know, the, net, the news about uh, about Tyson yesterday? Mm-hmm. Obviously you care about these kids, Zane and Tyson, these kids that get hurt as individuals, but as a coach, it's got to be about the team and moving on. How do you, you know, kind of balance that when, when you, you have these injuries? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously we're disappointed in, in the, uh, you know, in this injury. And uh, more than anything for, for Tyson, all the hard work that he put in uh, to this season and the things that he's done for our program in such a short amount of time. And so um, I think his role still continues, just a different role. Uh, his leadership role and the things that he demands from that running back group, I know that they'll play hard for him. This team will play hard for him, and guys like Zane that are lost for the year. And uh, I think right now those two and Hank Tuipulotu are the ones that, that are have been the, the ones that are out for the season. But um, his role as a leader still continue, and we're still going to lean heavily on him uh, to help this team out. They're still part of the roster, still part of our team. Do you need to determine if uh, if he'll apply for a hardship waiver? That- yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're just looking at all the, the details, just try to get him healthy first, and then – well, we'll figure out that stuff. But there's a lot of different options that we're looking into, but nothing's been um, defined yet. Nothing's definite right now. Will you consider any position changes to move guys over to running back to bolster the depth? Yeah, we might. I mean, I think we have a lot of good players there. I mean, this is up to Lopini and Soup and, and uh, Sione and others that are there playing that position, you know. So we'll see how it uh, how it goes. We feel like there's a good group of players there to begin with. And... Um, if you're talking about Tyler Algier, we'll see we'll see what what it looks like this week. But he's capable of going both uh, offense and defense, and uh, we'll just have to see what his role will be in each, in each, on each side and which one's more important to this team and having success. It's probably uh, soup was getting him was kind of an insurance policy, and now it's it's kind of paying off. No, we got soup because he's a great player, and we let them battle it out and compete for the starting spot and. Uh, same thing will continue this week, you know, with Soup and Lopini. And uh, we just, we, the goal is to got to be deep at, at a lot of different positions, you know, and so, and let them compete. And um, we've had to, to go into our depth a little bit uh, so far this year. And, and unfortunately, lost, lost a couple great players, starters for us. You talked after the game a lot about not being able to, you know, disrupt the rhythm of Easton. Um, how big of a concern is the the pass rush and being able to get there? You had some success against USC when, with the one on ones, but you know really had a tough time. It seemed like with Washington, you know, kind of forcing him into uncomfortable situations. Yeah, that has a change. So I mean, that that's uh, looking at, at um, Washington's O lines. Really, it's a veteran group and really good players. And thought we could have done some things better as a defense and, and as a personnel on D line to take, gain that favor, you know, and, and to get an advantage on line scrimmage. Um, but yeah, we're we're looking into all that. I mean, focused on Toledo right now. They run the ball a lot more than they throw. So uh, I don't know how many opportunities we had to pass rush this week, but uh, the emphasis of stopping the run has got to be up there. Your rushing numbers in terms of your defense have not been great through the first four games. What are you thinking you might do to hopefully turn that around? I'm not going to tell you guys, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work on it. Yeah, and 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 that that's that means. A lot of different things. So yeah, this 
not trying to give away the the advantage and, and what we're thinking right now, but we feel like there's a good group of players that are there, and and, and uh, I think we, we can put them in a position to, to to have success against the run game, and that's something that we need to improve on. We that's, that has to happen this week. Why do you think the, the defensive rushing numbers have been what they what they have been? Uh, we've got against some good runners, and, and uh, we haven't been able to. The first week we didn't tackle very well, and there's a lot of different things that we can improve on. So I thought we've improved on that. A lot of a lot of new bodies in the game and stuff like that, and uh, we've had some injuries along the way. So we've had to move some positions to get the right guys on the field. But uh, when it all comes down to it, we just have to execute better defensively. So there's not really one answer I can give you that's going to make everyone happy, other than we're working on it hard and. And our guys are going to work hard this week, and I uh, have a good feeling that we can get it fixed. Beyond um, their ability to run the ball, what else stands out to you about this Toledo team? Yeah, the physical. They played a tight game against uh, Kentucky. Uh, they put up a lot of points, and they can run the ball. They're really big physical back. Quarterback's not afraid to run the ball either himself, and so, and when they do throw the ball, they're efficient. You know, they they gain a lot of yards, and so. Uh, they're they're well coached, and I remember them coming into our house a few years ago, and they put up a lot of points on the board. So, um, you know, we need to make sure that we're at our best in order to compete with these guys. And, and I think I'm looking forward to the preparation this week. Starts today, and our players are excited that we got another game coming up. What were your memories of that game, 55 to 53? That it was probably a defensive nightmare, almost like the. Uh, UCLA Washington State game this weekend, so yeah, I mean that that that's what I would say. Yeah, that that, that uh, uh, it was hard. It was a hard game, but it, we learned a lot from it. And fortunate we were able to get the win, but um, that that was a, a, a good game. Showed a lot of explosiveness. Great uh, athletes on the field. Uh, I can't remember the running back's name, but he, he against Jamal was a good, a cool matchup. And, and, yeah, so they they they, uh, they did some really good things, you know, and, but. That coaching staff does an amazing job at reloading, and they have some big physical guys up front and on all line, an active defense that, that, that flies around, and then uh, the run game that they can go either with the running back and, and, a, and a, a group of running backs and the quarterback in, included in that. So that always poses some problems when you have quarterbacks that can run the ball. Through four games, can you kind of give us a progress report now with the schedule changing a little bit? Just where do you think your schedule doesn't change in my mind? So that's you guys. We're, 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 we looked at the whole entire 2019 schedule, and my concern is getting us to be at our best, regardless of who we're facing, whether it's Tint View High School or you know San Francisco 49ers. So okay, so yeah. scratch the last. Half so your questions are done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. Well, just give. Can you give us a progress report? How do you how do you think you guys are doing so far? Yeah, we, I'd like us to, to play at our best. I, I don't look back in the past uh, other than the lessons we can learn from it. And whether we won or lost, I, I got to be focused on Toledo. So, nice trick question. <laughs> there was Next. a lot of talk about the first four games having three ranked teams uh, for Power Five schools. But what about this next? You and Drew, four? you and Jay Drew have been talking a lot together, huh? <laughs> well, I didn't replace him. So. Yeah. Uh, but there, these next four games it involves two really long road trips mm -hmm. and involves Boise State and Utah State, which you can't take lightly. I didn't even know about that. All I know is we're going to Toledo on Thursday, and we're going to practice hard, and that's all we're focused on Toledo and the lessons that we learned from Washington. Learned a lot of lessons. I can't seem like the the game game one and game two were so long ago, you know. So, uh, other than the lessons that we learned from it, and right now we're we're trying to create some memories for this weekend and trying to focus on that. Is that a good way of answering your question? Yes. Yeah, I didn't answer it, but yeah, I don't, I don't even. You gave me the four. Yeah, I don't know who. Right now we're focused on this game. That's all that matters, and and getting better. This is the second of four road trips this year to the Eastern Time Zone. You guys have... You, you oh, it is? <laughs> you guys have given me a history know, report sorry. on what we just did. <laughs> We're breaking yeah. this down for you, but... <laughs> Tell me my favorite food right now, too, and while you're at it. Spaghetti? Nope, it's anything. Okay. Yeah, so... You got a lot to learn, guys. <laughs> but if you guys... Do you feel like you guys have gotten better in terms of handling the, that two time zone change? Um, I think college football, it, it, it doesn't really matter to me. The, the way you, you, you travel and things like that. We just... We line up and play whoever's up there next. So you guys are turning me into Belichick pretty soon. <laughs> these questions. <laughs> well, some, some okay. Point, once, once a guy enters the transfer portal, mm -hmm. of, of basically said they're done yep. at their program. But obviously, you don't have that philosophy because you allowed Bo Tanner, mm -hmm. for example, back. 
can you talk about your philosophy, why you do that, and then also okay. what, what about Bo made it that you allowed him to come back? When I think about, like, um, USC had that happen, too, you know, with Clay. And uh, if you know me, I'm always going to be about the players first. And um, really, when we talk about the portal, it's, it's about what they want to get done and what they want to accomplish. And so I don't think you completely slam the door shut on them. I think that um, my job is to help them, help these young men, uh, find their path, and and um, and then there's a good way. Of, there's a, a way of doing it where you can be included in the decision making, but also know that you support them. So we have some guys that are out there and went the portal, and they're out there doing great, and I have a great relationship with all of them, and then uh, trying to find how they did this last week, you know, stuff like that. So if they're part of our team, I think it's hard for for me to just say goodbye and never talk to them again, especially if they need my help. So that's why the portal for me is kind of a you know, it's more opportunities to discuss and communicate more than just slam the door shut. Last couple questions. Second round game of the season, do you have any sort of a different approach that you did to Tennessee with being on the road or just more of the same? Focus on just playing the game and traveling. That The schedule doesn't really matter to us. What matters now is just practicing Monday. And um, other than if there's going to be a weather delay or anything <coughs> like that, I try to keep these guys focused on it, so... Yeah, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just the past is the past, guys. Graham <laughs> said earlier today think, he thinks that Brady Christensen's becoming one of the better players, maybe mm-hmm. in the country. Uh, what have you seen from from Brady and the overall on the overall offensive line as a well? whole? Same thing. I thought I thought Brady's had um, some really difficult matchups, and he's done some really good things, you know. But I've been really pleased with the, the leadership that I'm seeing from him, and uh, I think he's demanding quite a bit from the, from his teammates and. This will be a really good week for him to, to keep doing what he's been doing. And uh, I've just been really pleased with that whole offensive line group. I think Coach Mateos is doing a great job coaching them up. And with Coach Grimes, uh, he's there along with them. But the whole group is a great veteran group, and they're all still young. So I'm looking forward to seeing them make a lot of plays and, and for you know for now and the future, but especially for this week. So Brady would be huge for us and, and being able to just lead, keep leading that O-line group, with that, which features a lot of great players. Kalani said after the game that you thought guys might have been trying to do too much, and that's kind of a human nature mm-hmm. thing when you're behind to maybe try and press. How do you try and limit that, you know, in those tough situations or try and get guys to stay, you know, within themselves? Well, just keeping the momentum going and then having everyone just focus on their job, you know, and um, that this game, it takes 11 guys on the field to, to do it together and that not one person is just going to take over, you know, so... Uh, I think it's natural for guys who want to do more, but um, just little things like sacrificing your assignment can never happen, and and definitely um, being careless with the football. So those are things that we keep working on, and, and these are great kids. love them, but you know, we can all learn, coaches and players included, so that's what we're going to be focused on learning and getting better and, and uh, making sure that we have a better outcome. Anything else? All right, guys, thank you. Thanks, Coach. Remember my favorite food, right? Got it. Everything. Everything. Thank you. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. When we come back, the Utes sign up for a two-game deal with Florida, rearrange the BYU series, and Kyle talks about a big game with Washington State. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Well, the news with the youths broke after Kyle Whittingham's press conference. The youths are going to play Florida for a couple years. They are going to skip playing BYU those two years, but they signed up for four years after that with BYU. So, I don't know. Feels like the last decade all over again, except this time it's Florida, not Michigan. They're going to play most of the time. I think they announced the BYU series, obviously, the extension of the BYU series, so people wouldn't say, well, how much longer is this going to go on? Well, now we know. And if another awesome deal drops out of the sky and Florida or someone like Florida decides to start traveling around the country, then... Maybe they'll adjust again down the line. But 
it looks like BYU and Utah are going to play for what, like seven of the next nine years, something like that. So it will largely continue on. And if a bowl game could arrange a Utah-Utah State game or a Utah-BYU game, I'd be up for it because they did that in the Vegas Bowl a few years ago, and I thought that was a huge win. I thought that was great. All right. Right now, all of that is well out in the future in, you know, four or five years down the line. Right now, Kyle Whittingham and the Utes have to worry about Washington State. One of those two teams, they're both 3-1 and one overall. They're both 0-1 in conference, and somebody is going to wake up Sunday morning 0-2, and, and that team is going to be really unhappy. That has put a major dent in high hopes for a big season. Kyle Whittingham talking about the loss to USC and looking ahead to Washington State as he meets with the media. All right. Uh, with that, where should we start? Where should we start, Chris? You got any starting point here? Did you get stopped by TSA home? Did we what? Did you get stopped by TSA flying back? We must have. Yeah, I think everything happened. Well, but. Okay. Uh, briefly on the game last weekend, uh, disappointing, obviously. Uh, just for whatever reason, can't seem to find a way to get it done down there. Uh, Kind of what I talked about after the game, did us in, penalties, red zone offense, uh, big plays up the field on defense. Those are the three main areas. And and the things that uh, we just couldn't overcome. And when you're playing a team with the talent level of, of USC, you, you can't do – you can maybe do one thing inefficiently, but you can't do a myriad of things. And and uh, we had we had struggles. And, you know, statistically, we still came out okay. We were 450-plus yards over to 380, and, and we probably would have had 550 hadn't kept getting penalized, but that's beside the point. But the the bottom line is we we uh, just didn't do enough good things to win the game. Guys played hard. I'm proud of our guys as far as their effort level. They played hard. They played um, relentless. I mean, Tyler Huntley was a fierce competitor. He's, he's a fierce competitor anyways, but in that particular game, he was he – was, uh, just competing like a warrior. And so disappointing to uh, start the conference play 0-1, but that's what it is. Uh, we've been there before, and we've uh, had some pretty good uh, results. Uh, you know, at the end, it's, as I've said before, it's it's one 12-game season. It's not 12 one-game seasons. And uh, you got to just look at it as a whole. And we got I don't, I don't believe anyone in the South will go undefeated. Could be wrong, but I think – the last several years has proven that that's unlikely. So that being said, we're we're uh, you know we're still obviously you know in the hunt. It's one game in, so we've got a ton of football left. Um, got the the uh, Cougars coming in this week. Washington State Cougars, very similar to our situation. You know, both teams find themselves in in, in a very similar situation. They went through their non-conference undefeated and had a tough loss to uh, UCLA. It was a weird game. I stayed up. Uh, until it was over, I can't even remember what time it was. One thirty, one o'clock at night. But but uh, to have nine touchdown passes and score sixty three points and lose, uh, really weird. And so I guess you know things just happen. But uh, credit UCLA, they they played well. They kept answering and and uh, sixty seven, sixty three. I think was the final with no overtimes. Is that's uh, that's bizarre. But anyway, we've got to try to uh, solve. The same type of offense this week that we played last week. Uh, they do it better than anybody in the country as far as what they do, throwing the football year in and year out. You know, Mike Leach, wherever he's coaching, that team's going to be at or near the top of the country throwing the football. Uh, his quarterback right now is leading the nation in pass yards and touchdown uh, throws. And so they're, they're the antithesis of Air Force. I mean, what Air Force is to the option in the run game, Washington State is to the throw game. That's that's who they are. They're, they've seen it all. There's nothing that we're going to do defensively that's going to surprise them or do something they haven't seen before. They've seen it all. They've seen every imaginable way to try to defend them. What it boils down to is uh, frickin' Kinningham. Kinningham. Who is it? Who is it? Okay. All right. So uh, where was I? Yeah, they're not going to do anything that – or we're not going to do anything they haven't seen. It's going to boil down to, to tackling and covering and, and getting pressure on the passer and, and doing those type of things. And in a game like this, oftentimes your best defense is an offense, is an offense that can control the ball, which we're doing. Our offense is controlling the football, uh, taking care of it, not turning it over. 
you know, knock on wood, we're, we're making first downs. We had 27 first downs in the game uh, Friday night. And so that will play into slowing down that offense as much or more than anything is our ability to control the football, uh, take care of it, and uh, keep it away from them. So that's, uh, that's part of the, a big part of the equation. Um, yeah, so questions. Uh, coach, just looking at Zach Moss, what's, what's his status for this week? And, and uh, we don't ever talk about status for the games. You know, we just hope everyone's there. So we hope everyone's ready. And, you know, why, why would you ever tip your hand to the opponent? What, that would make no sense at all. And until college football has a injury report rule or whatever, we just won't do it. It just is. It's. It just doesn't make any sense. And so. Uh, we have several guys. That was a physical game on Friday night. We took our bumps and bruises and got some guys banged up. But that's for us to know and deal with and, and try to get the best guys out there on Saturday. I'm sorry to give you that answer, but that's just our policy on that. It's obviously not season-ending then. No, oh no. No, you'll, you'll know about any season-ending injuries. That will, that will always be uh, relayed to you guys. Almost always. <laughs> Kyle, right before halftime, it looked like there were a couple of guys unblocked, one on each side. Mm-hmm. Just mental mistakes. It seemed like there were some inconsistencies with their ability to get into the backfield. Some plays you block them up, you make big plays, but it, they were there quite a bit. Right. And uh, nobody blocks every play, every time. Nobody protects the per- perfectly every time. And we, we have had our share of... of uh, Mental errors. That was a mental error. We we had a, a call that we make in the line of scrimmage, and it was on the front side of the play, not the back side. Back side, you know, you, we, we're going to beat that guy with, a, you know, he's not going to be a factor, hopefully. But but uh, on the front side, we had a miscommunication, not a miscommunication, just a blown assignment, and uh, that led to the probably the biggest play in the game is is coming away with zero on that. I and mean, we were we were in the red zone six times, and we came away with two touchdowns and. That's not good enough. We got to be close to 70%. And so that was one of the times there we had first and goal at the two, uh, which was that play. And uh, the guy popped through, made a great play, knocked the ball loose. And and that was a huge momentum swing. Instead of going in what should have been, what, 17-14, I believe. It's uh, 14-10 still, and they got all the momentum. And, and uh, so that was disappointing. And then we had down at the other end, uh, you know, a situation where we came away with with just a field goal and we had two touchdowns three field goals and one turnover in six trips and you, when you're playing a team the caliber of USC you can't leave points on the on the field like that you can't do it because they're too good and uh, you're not going to get away with that and so we strive to be 70% touchdown percentage in the red zone offensively and 50% giving up on defense and we think that's championship level if we can do those two things that's enough of a uh, margin that it's way in our favor. Coach, you said you need to solve the same kind of offense this week, and they're even maybe better passing. So yeah. what do you have to do? And also, is, is personnel changes one of the options? Uh, I wouldn't say personnel changes. I'd say I'd say looking at different groups maybe to, to match up with, with what they do. They're, they're almost exclusively four wide. They will play some three wide, two back, but typically it's four wide, one back is their base uh, set. And so you got to try to match skill on skill. And so we'll take a look at different personnel groups. But uh, it, it's going to come down to, first of all, we can't give up, you know, numerous big plays up the field. That was a huge issue Friday night. And credit their receivers. That's not, I was bragging about, not bragging about them, but pointing it out all week long, how talented they were, uh, the Trojans. And, and they proved me right. I mean, they were, they were you know, we just didn't, didn't get it done in the back end. Uh, and so... Uh, yeah, to answer your question, we've got to. It's much like when you play a team that, you know, plays three tight ends. You got to shift your person around, personnel around, and try to match up as best you can. And where they're more spread and four wide, you got to do the same thing: is is get uh, get the best matchups you can out there. Get your best eleven. Yeah. Coach, how do you think the uh, non-Moss backs did? And is there a change in the uh, pecking order there? Well, we uh, got a lot out of Devin Brumfield in that game, and, and he is technically not the two guy. You know, Jordan Win- uh, Jordan Wilmore is the is the number two back, but uh, 
Devin got hot there for a minute, and he was doing also a nice job. He's, he's further ahead than the other backs in blitz pickup, pass protection. So he he got uh, more of the reps and did a really nice job and ran hard, caught the ball well out of the backfield. Um, and so I, to answer your question, I thought they did very well in Zach's absence. Just to follow up on that a little bit, how different is it when you don't have Zach Moss carrying the ball 20 times? I mean, did that alter the game as much as uh, Yeah, well, I mean, he's, in my opinion, the best back in the Pac-12. I'll stand by that. I said that early in the year and, and one of the best in the country. And so it's, uh, you know, when you have a weapon like that taken away, it certainly can have an impact. But as I said after the game, there are no excuses. You just got to have the next guy come in and pick up the slack as best he can and, and modify your calls and your your plan uh, accordingly. And then, uh, sorry, another question. Um, as far as uh, defending the pass from the last game and that, as you watched the film, was the problem the secondary, or was it pressure up front, or was there a combination of things, or have you? <laughs> Combination of things, and, and uh, I'll just say, as coaches, we got to do a better job of putting them in position to succeed and coaching them up better. And and because uh, we I, we believe in that secondary, we're not. You know, we don't think the sky is falling. We just had a uh, a performance because our, our pass efficiency defense is is really good. I mean, it's it's up there in the conference, and you know we're doing some really good things, leading the conference and second in the nation in run defense. I mean, there's some things we're doing well, but playing the deep ball. On Friday night was one, not one of them. It was just too many, and it was just almost like backyard football. You just chuck it up there and you know let the guy just go make a play, which they did over and over and over. Twenty-seven penalties. Not to blame the refs by any stretch, but do you have any reason why there was that many between the two teams? I don't. It was. Uh... It was it was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, it was you know you like to think that the game is about the players and let the players decide the game, and and referees are not the the stars of the game; they are just the peripheral. And uh, and I'm not trying to insinuate anything there, but I'm just saying that that was the huge impact on the game. Those penalties had a huge impact on the game, but but uh, we got to clean it up. You know, apparently uh, we're not playing clean enough. So, but that was a. Uh, maybe the most penalties I've ever been involved with in a game combined, you know, for both teams, and certainly maybe the most for us too. I can't remember getting penalized 16 times. I'd have to look it up, but that was that was not uh, not ideal. <clears throat> My allergy pill is about to wear off, so. <laughs> um. Utah's one of 14 teams that hasn't thrown an interception so far in the FBS this season. Hmm. Good um, stat. What, what's, what, what has Tyler Huntley done specifically that's kind of keyed that, that stat and, and, and that improved ability to take care of the ball on offense? He has prepared as well as any player we've ever had here uh, for each game. Uh, he is completely... Uh, bought into to coach Ludwig's coaching and 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 uh, you know doing the things that that Andy wants him to do as far as his read progression and and taking care of the football and putting it in good spots and he's uh, his his uh, completion percentage right now is off the charts it's in the top four or five in the nation and uh, he's just playing as I said last week on standby this week as well he's playing his best football as a Ute and uh, he is uh, he's our guy I mean he's our leader Kyle, uh, it's basically in your DNA, personally, to prioritize stopping the run. But now you play an opponent where that's almost irrelevant, if that's the right word. What's that like for you? Yeah, it is a departure from normal. Um, and this is the week, like I said, it's the it's the flip side of Air Force. You know, you go into Air Force game and you you almost disregard the pass because you got to focus so much on the run. This is the exact opposite of that, which is a a departure from pretty much every other week in the in the season even even SC game the week before they had rushed for 170 something yards so that was still a you know a viable part of their offense but but uh, coach Leach runs just enough to keep you you know making sure you don't just completely disregard it but but you got a, your main plan your main focal point your main uh, all your adjustments and everything are geared towards trying to keep the ball from being thrown all over the place for 400 plus yards which is what they seem to do every single week 
So it is different. It's a different approach. Kind of piggybacking off that, Kyle, what, and this might be a dumb question, why is Mike so successful at doing something that a lot of other coaches in the country don't really dare to even try? Well, it's like uh, the old adage, you do one thing and do it really well, and he's taken that to heart. And and uh, like I said, I mean, you can play Air Force, and I keep making that analogy, and you can line up in 99 different ways, and they'll have seen it all, and they have an answer for it all. It's the same with Mike. He's been doing the same thing for so long and so well that there's nothing you can do. You can rush one, drop ten. You can rush eight. I mean, you can do whatever whatever you want to do, and he'll have seen it somewhere along the line, and he'll have an answer for it. And so that's what makes it so difficult. And like I said early in this press conference, you're not going to trick him. You're not going to trick him. You just got to try to play better defense and better pass coverage and keep things in front of you than they do with their offensive uh, throw game. Do you find against the Cougars, do you have to use more personnel because they have to run around and they're so active in the game? Yeah, that's another problem is you, you run out of DBs, you know, fresh DBs because because they're covering. And, and when you play a lot of man coverage like we typically do, some weeks we don't, uh, and your DBs are, you know, man coverage takes more out of a DB than zone coverage. It just does. There's more There's more running involved. You're chasing guys all over the field. So so there does, come, as, as much as we believe in it, it does come at a cost. And so... You've got to have uh, some guys to rotate through there to keep them fresh because they have a bunch of receivers they rotate through and keep those guys fresh. You've got to match that. Kyle, I remember last time you played Air Force, how excited you were not to play them again. So, uh, so excited I could – I won't say it. Yeah, let's say <laughs> we get in trouble when we talk. No, yeah, we do. We do a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was going to ask you as far as um, – see, now I lost my train of thought. That happens. Okay, but Washington State is a team you don't necessarily play every year, but you play a lot of years. Do you dedicate time like did you in spring ball like you did with Air Force back in the day to prepare for for that? Or do you no, because no, it no, it's, uh, you know, Air Force, the option is a different type of run game. Their throw game, other people try to do it, they just don't do it as well. And so, uh, you know, zone coverage and, and that type of stuff is still all the basic principles and tenets that you use to defend the throw are still there. It's just they do it so darn good that you got to be razor sharp with your techniques and your fundamentals. USC was described as the air raid, and obviously Washington State's got the original air raid with Leach. How much well, overlap? How Mommy had the original way okay, back the original. Kentucky. Yeah, it goes way back. Way back. Yeah. How much overlap is there between the two, or given the fact that USC runs and that USC has probably at least three NFL receivers, are you really not preparing for the same thing two weeks in a row, or are you? Same basic animal, but a lot of there, there are differences, but it's the same, you know, the route structures and, and uh, a lot of the, the concepts in the routes, the rub routes and that type of thing are similar. Uh, as I mentioned, the Trojans are more, a little more run then, you know, where Washington State might be 75% run, the Trojans are maybe 68, 70% run, so, or throw, I should say. And so uh, there's, but there is carryover. There's a lot of carryover. And, uh, you know, if you're going to play those two teams in a season, playing back-to-back would be ideal, which we're, which we're doing. Now we'll see if we can defend it. Still got to defend it, but, but it, uh, it kind of leads into, the one game leads into the other. Their quarterback, Gordon, already has 21 touchdown passes. Is it just Mike Leach's system you can put anybody in there? Or is there I something would, about this guy that is really impressive? It's a great system. I wouldn't say you could put just anybody in there, but he seems to find a way to, to make most quarterbacks successful that, that, are, that are playing for him. And uh, he does a great job of teaching them. And this guy has been there for years. I mean, this is fifth. I think he's a fifth-year senior, uh, redshirt senior, and so he's he knows the system inside and out. He looks completely in command back there, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that you could just throw any guy in there and, and he'll throw for 400 a game. But they always seem to find that guy, whether they have to go to the grad transfer route or whatever. They always seem to come up with a guy that uh, they can get it done. Kyle, coming into the USC game, obviously you had an FCS opponent the week before. Does that kind of present issues in the sense of, you know, you, you go from an FCS, you save some guys, you get some guys, maybe not some reps, but then come into this big game against a USC? I mean, it, it, would you prefer to have maybe a tougher opponent in the week leading up to conference play? Uh, there's pros and cons. You know, it was nice to be able to rest a lot of our guys and be fresh coming into the game. And and so I think that is, is definitely a pro, um, you know, playing – Pac-12 competition week in and week out. I mean, that starts to 
steal you a little bit and get you, you know, get it hones you, I guess you could say, but it also can beat you up. And so I think there's arguments for both sides. I just know right now our defense should be very fresh. We only played 50-something snaps again against uh, the Trojans where we snapped it 80-plus times. Now with the penalties, I think it only comes out to like 78 or 79 snaps, but we actually snapped it 80, I think it was 85 to 87, something like that. So so rather be fresh than beat up, but... Uh, you know, I, I can't say that that's a disadvantage. You know, as I think about it, I don't think playing uh, a, uh, FCS is a disadvantage part of that. I wouldn't use that. Coach, you've known him for a while. What is it like having a conversation with Mike Leach? It's awesome. Most entertaining coach you'll ever come across. Uh, smart as a whip, personable. You, you can literally choose any topic, and I mean any topic, and you'll get a couple hours worth of dialogue. And... Uh, very humorous dialogue on on uh, whatever subject you're you're dealing with, and and uh, he knows he knows a lot. I don't know how he knows so much. He must read a lot, something. But he knows a lot. You're, you've been the uh, you've been a noted special teams uh, mm-hmm. squad for a while now. What do you pick up watching UCLA run back a punt and a kickoff for a touchdown? Yeah, that was definitely uh, an impact in the game. Although. Uh, Washington State made some plays special teams wise as well, so it was it was kind of a wash. But but uh, you know we just you know there's three phases: offense, defense, special teams. The old adage: if you win two out of three, you win the game. And so we put a huge emphasis on special teams every week and try to make that advantage Utah. Last week against the Trojans, it was it was a non-factor. I think it, it was uh, neither team really uh, you know had. Uh, stellar special teams. They're both kind of average. And so hopefully we can get it cranked up. You know, our, our kicker, uh, Jaden Redding, is good to see him make, you know, three out of four. The one that was blocked, totally trajectory issue. It wasn't blocked by the guy. We did have some leakage, but the guy that blocked it was stuck on the line of scrimmage because the trajectory of the kick was not high enough. So so uh, between him and, and Ben Lennon, I thought Ben Lennon punted better. And I'm going off on a tangent, I guess, from your question. But but we only punted twice, both in Sky Territory, pinned him on the 9 and the 12, which is, is pretty good work. So uh, hopefully we continue to get better as the season goes on, especially things-wise, because so far it has not been a huge advantage for us. If at all, it's just been kind of a, uh, you know, a canceling each other out each special teams doesn't really make any huge impact so we know the goal is to win the south and you reckon you said it on friday you know no team is going to go undefeated you already said it here today how do you balance competing to win the south versus having the attention be that versus being focused on washington state and then so forth and so on well the attention is not on winning the south i'm just saying we don't think anyone's going to go undefeated and we think that that uh, you know, if we just take things, take our business, whatever's right in front of us, one week at a time, just like we always try to do. That uh, you know, I guess what I'm saying, there's no panic setting in. You know, it's one game into the conference play, and we we, we didn't get it done. But there's no reason to uh, you know get discouraged or let this linger. We've got to move on. We've got to get rid of this game. You know, mentally, and today is the day we got to do that. You know, we when you play out a Friday, you have two days to kind of lick your wounds, but. Uh, Today's the day that gets behind you and you move forward. At this point, do you have an established number two quarterback, or is it still a weekly competition? Weekly competition. And Drew was the number two guy last week, and this week uh, we'll see what happens. But but uh, it's, you know, whoever performs, they, we split the reps with those two guys. And uh, may the best man win. I mean, that's how it's been. All right, I got to go sneeze really quick. Are we getting close? Are we done? Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Kyle Whittingham. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.